0: Hey everyone, welcome back. Um, In this video, we're gonna talk about having a solid support system. So this may be um, kinda fitting the puzzle pieces together, since we're separate. We really can't do a lot of stuff Mm -hmm. together. Um, So today I'm with David Teal, who Mm -hmm. is the executive pastor of Trustful First United Methodist Church, and Dr. Stephen Strange, who is our senior pastor here at Trustful First United Methodist Church, And my name is Shannon. I'm the recovery pastor here at Trustful First United Methodist Church. First in church is almost like coming together as I'm saying that so many
1: times.
0: (laughs) So before we get started, would you like to pray us in?
1: God, we just thank you for this time that we can come together. And God, even though we're apart, we're together through video. But more than that, we're together through the Spirit of Christ God, we thank you that we're able to do this. We thank you for what Shane has been able to put together in our recovery program here. And, um, God, that we can now reach out and branch out to help others. God, we just pray that you'd be with us in this time and that these words would be led by the Holy Spirit and not by our own um, self-motives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
0: amen. So talking about um, having a solid support system that's talking about your sponsor, your accountability, and your spiritual family. So just real quick for definitions. um, Sponsor and accountability, I always explain this like it's a football team. Your accountability are those that are on the line with you. They're going through the game with you. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get to that end zone. Your sponsor is your coach. He or she is on the sidelines. They've already been through that. They know where all the potholes are on the road. They're trying to help you navigate so that you miss them. Mm -hmm. Your spiritual family, that's the ones you can come to, or you should be able to come to with anything good, bad, indifferent. Mm-hmm. Let me sit and cry, I don't need advice, or tell me how messed up I did that. Yeah. You should be able to come to them with anything. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing with support is battling stressors. Stress is the number one thing that will trigger an onset, not necessarily the relapse, but the onset. Of relapse. Relapse is not just addiction, chemical, alcohol, or anything like that. Relapse can be a relapse into depression, mm-hmm. over shopping, mm-hmm. over spending, gambling, um, overeating. It could be any of the things you fill in the blank. Mm-hmm. If you can narrow down to where the stress got too much, mm-hmm. it was too high, that usually is how you can start seeing the pattern that leads to a downfall.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, as human beings, we need each other so much in our walk. Not only just to walk with each other, but to grow, mm-hmm. to learn from each other, to go through mistakes together, to laugh, to cry, all of it. What could you think of um, in faith, where we need our support to help strengthen us? Um, not necessarily to be strong, but just the strength of the wisdom, the clarity, the discernment, that kind of kingdom knowledge, mm-hmm. through, looking through God's lens. Um, what is it that you could think of that would um, give us that strength to kind of do self-evaluation, to know where we needed to say, hey, I, I need help, mm-hmm. or I need to talk to somebody,
2: mm-hmm.
0: or maybe have an extra set of eyes on what I've just experienced?
1: I think one of the things that we do, and and so often we pray to God for things that we want. Mm-hmm. Um, and my kids get mad at me all the time. You've heard me say this in sermons before, that I pray that they get caught doing things. <laughs> Jack got caught doing something again the other day. But the, the funny thing is, and we had this conversation, is that I think sometimes we need to pray to God, God, search me like mm-hmm. David did. Mm-hmm. Search my heart and find what needs to be ripped out of there. And I think so often our prayers focus on things that we need, not on who God wants to mold us into. And yet the scripture talks about being molded and remolded and made and you know we're in the potter's hands and you hear all those stories. And and I think sometimes we discredit that that conscience that we feel is the prodding of the Holy Spirit. Yes. To, to say, look, there's an aspect of your life that you're getting real close to the line mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. You know, I think about that in terms of people that, you know... Um, have affairs, and a lot of the guys that we've talked to and counseled with, it started with pornography, mm-hmm. but went, but it led to an affair because mm-hmm. it just kept getting more. But a lot of them said they had the warning signs here. Yes, absolutely. They needed to stop right here. Yeah. You think about that's I, I, the same with the addiction of gambling. Mm-hmm. You know, I had a. A kid in my youth group years ago, whose father had a gambling addiction, and and all the signs were there. Even he lost his house and his car and his job, and he just ignored it, mm-hmm. you know. And and so the 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 problem is when we ignore that, we our support system dwindles also, you know. And so I, that's one of the the places that I would see scripturally um, is is tapping into the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I've
0: heard someone say, "For oh no, my gut instinct is always on point." I'm like, "Girl, that's Holy Spirit. You better yeah, recognize. Right, right,
1: absolutely, He Definitely. is
0: trying to talk to you." Um,
1: and 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 I think you know, David, you've probably seen it too. You've seen people that just totally ignore that. Definitely, yeah. and they that's do their own thing no matter what. Yeah, and it's yeah. that's just a train wreck. And mm-hmm. and sometimes we can even see it. That and you know that that's the oh, yeah. scary part. Mm-hmm. You're looking at it and you're going, look if you don't change your ways, you don't change what's going on in your marriage. I don't know what's going on. And yet they just keep moving in that direction. So I think the the hard part about the solid support system is listening to those Mm -hmm. Uh and trusting those that have already been there. Mm -hmm. You know, it's kind of like. On another topic, you know, like I don't do a lot of divorce recovery counseling. Mm-hmm. You want to know why? Because I've never been divorced. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that's like. But I have friends that, that have that do a really good job mm-hmm. of that. Um, addiction counseling. I'm not great at it because I'm, I am i don't have that right. advice. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of other things. <laughs> you need, if all. you need, I can support you in a lot of different ways. But I think it's important that our support system is who has been there before. Right. I mean, Got the I, knowledge. I think that's the reason Jesus came. Mm-hmm. People say all the time, why did he come? Well, he came so that we wouldn't ever go, well, God, you don't know what I'm going through. Right. God, yes. you don't know what yes. I'm experiencing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I did.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, I did. Been there, done. I've been there. Yeah. I was right yeah. there.
0: And I always go back to the scripture when they say, well, well he doesn't understand. You know, it says Jesus wept. He hurt. Right. Oh, he yes. ate. Yeah. He mourned. Mm-hmm. You know, all of those things. So we can't say, well, he's he's over there. Yeah. No, we're right here to him. Uh, no. <laughs> right. He's not out of touch. But you're right, so, so many times we will, we will push our support system away because I got this. It's fine. Mm-hmm. I've handled this. I've already gone through the steps. But like you said, you see the train wreck coming down the, r- the tracks, and, and it's slow motion, but you know it's coming. And I've had several people come to me and say, hey, because I have been divorced, they will say, "Hey, I, can I talk to you?" Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I may not give you any words, but you can talk to me. But then they will say, "Well, what do you see in the situation?" I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> yeah. You know, and I tell them I'm not trying to say anything to hurt them. I want to see them grow and prosper, but I want them to do a lot of self evaluation. Mm-hmm. Because I think if we're going to trust our support system, they're saying stuff to us so that we do self-evaluation and check ourselves.
1: Well, and I think a support system is not an agreement system. Absolutely, no. But you know, have you ever had people come to you, and the reason they come to you, they know what's wrong, but they want you to agree with them being wrong. And that's one of the hardest settings because sometimes you can be brutally honest, and I know you have to, you know, practice kindness and love. I got that you don't want to just tell somebody, you know, you're, you know, you're a hamburger away from three hundred, so quit eating. It's not, probably not the best way of doing things. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to receive but, that in love. But we also need to say, hey, look, if you don't make some lifestyle changes, here is where right. you are. And the reason I I wanted you to do this because I love you, not right. because I want something different. And I think that's the hardest part i want to ask shane i want to ask you a question because something i've often thought about in 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 with addiction okay so um laura's parents were married the whole time Mm -hmm. um until her dad passed my parents are still married and so we we're not what we would call products of divorce Mm -hmm. do you think because we know that in the addiction ministry a lot of them come And not all, I'm not going to want to stereotype, but a lot of them come from broken homes. Do you think this is a hard concept for them because they didn't have the support at a young age?
0: Absolutely, because at a very young age, your first three years is when you bond. Daughters bond with their dads, sons with their moms. They see the dynamics of how the family works, and that sets their normal scale. So when there's nothing but chaos from day one, mm-hmm. distrust is is ingrained. Um, someone's always leaving, someone's always fighting, someone's always yelling, someone's always hitting. And see, I, I grew up where my parents were still together, my dad worked hard, my mom worked hard. So when people would come to me and talk to me about their situations, at first it was really hard for me to wrap my head around. Mm-hmm. So that's when God prompted me to go back to school. And that's where I learned that in those first three years, That sets their normal. That sets how they emotionally bond. Mm -hmm. That sets how they react. And it amazed me that those first three years held such importance. Then, from there, into their teenage years, and I hate to say it like this, but they learn how to play the game. Mm -hmm. It's learning how to survive at that point. Who's gonna help me? Who's gonna kick me? Who's gonna knock me down? Is it me against the world? Or do I have anybody And usually it's a grandparent or an aunt, uncle, some kind of stability. It may even be a coach. Mm -hmm. But there's some form of stability they'll gravitate and they'll cling to. When that relationship is severed for whatever reason, then the disruption that comes in, the chaos that comes in, they don't have the foundational life skills to cope with that. That goes back to those first three years. Mm -hmm. And so they look for something to numb the pain. Wow. And then the chemical and alcohol, that's just a chemical Band-Aid. The wound is still there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's why my heart will always belong to a recovery ministry because the wound is still there. We have so many people walking around with a smile on their face, but they ache so hard inside. They cry so hard inside because they really feel like they can't trust anyone. Not even Jesus. Mm And many of them will not even set foot in the church because they grew up hearing about the hypocritical church. Mm -hmm. They don't know any different. They don't know that in all these cities, in, in one city you could have up to 10 very healthy, alive churches making a difference, but they've had that ingrained in them from such a young age that they run from it. Then they come into a recovery program and they see that in a 12-step recovery program, whether it's CR, NA, HA, all the different groups, the first thing they find is unity. Mm-hmm. There's a commonality. They're not the only one out there because they really do feel like that. So then they get into fellowship and they, they start sharing stories and they start bonding and that's a whole new thing for them and it's scary. And then from there, they will trust, well, how do you handle this? How do you handle that? And they start watching people Mm-hmm. And so it's many times in their late 20s or even early 30s before they even learn life coping skills. Mm-hmm. So they don't have any concept of support system until they get into a recovery system. And then they crave it and latch on to it. And that's why so many churches are, are booming that have re- some kind of recovery ministry because people are learning. There are, there are loving, caring churches. Mm-hmm. They really are practicing what Jesus says.
2: So can you talk a little bit about um, what you think some of the challenges may be for individuals in recovery in this time of uh, social distancing? That's what I was thinking about.
0: Um, Well, idle hands. That's the very first thing. (coughs) Mm -hmm. They can't physically attend the meetings. Um, They need to physically be engaged. So when they first come into recovery, we tell them 90 meetings in 90 days. Well, now you're telling them they can't go anywhere Mm for almost, you know, that amount of time. Um, so then the enemy lies. They start hearing them. The guilt and shame comes up. Uh, I tell people the woulda, coulda, shoulda will eat you alive. Mm-hmm. Don't even go there. Uh, and so they lose the support system that they had, the family, that they mm-hmm. had been grafted into. They, they start losing some of that. Yeah. And then many times you'll have people that go back to being that small child that was left alone while the parents were mm-hmm. fighting.
2: And this is all happening while the stress is ramped up ramped because up. life has changed. Mm. Some of those individuals may be losing their jobs and yeah. may be losing their income. Yeah. They're going back to, what can I do to numb this pain? I don't want to feel it right now. And I don't have support. Right. So,
0: and they're also, you know, they may have just come out of a, a long-term recovery where they're just now getting back into the workforce. Right. Mm-hmm. And then having this happen, well then, you know, we have support systems, but if they don't, Think about that first thought of, am I going to be under a bridge? Right. Right. Am I thrown away again? Mm -hmm. Because that's the biggest thing I hear people say, men and women, well, I just felt like I was thrown away.
2: And and I'm seeing that a lot more in downtown Birmingham right now with all the social distancing. A lot of the shelters have closed. Yes. They're not accepting or welcoming uh, new residents. Mm -hmm. So they're seeing a lot more of the homeless individuals walking around, and they're looking for resources. And there aren't any resources right now. Their doors are closed. Their funding's cut. Mm-hmm. They don't have any more to give out. So there's a that that greatly even amplifies the stress of the reality. If you are homeless, then there's fewer options even out
1: there now. Right.
2: So it just seems like a vicious downward
1: spiral. Yes. Yeah, I was looking at today, and I don't know if it was Neil that put it on there or someone else. And I think it may even been two different articles that were talking about uh, people. Relapsing because uh, of one of the things that they had to do is sometimes it forced them to have to go back to the playgrounds that they yes. had come from. And and that's where, you know, we always tell people, if you're going to change your circumstances, you got to change your playmates in your mm-hmm. playground. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've said that forever. And so I think this has forced some people, because they may not be able to sustain an apartment or mm-hmm. sustain... They've had to go back to their old playground which in turn now they've lost their support system mm-hmm. you know their well their positive support system mm-hmm.
0: right oh yeah because <laughs> idle hands i tell everybody the devil welcomes you with open arms
1: uh-huh,
0: i mean supply and demand he has an unlimited supply mm-hmm. of what the flesh demands mm-hmm. so that's very very scary but like you said some of them that's the only option they have or they think they have
2: mm-hmm. um, when you get to that point they've lost the accountability They've lost the support. They've lost the individuals that can surround them through whatever they're going through in that moment. What are some ways, though, that um, individuals in recovery can still connect um, with a supportive community that can help them through this difficult time?
0: Well, they definitely have phone numbers. Mm-hmm. Um, and with being a sponsor, you tell them, it's your job to call me. I'm not going to chase you down.
2: Uh-huh.
0: It's your recovery. But my phone is always on. Uh-huh. And I've had my phone ring at 11 and 12 o'clock at night, Mm -hmm. saying, I just used, I'm ashamed, she's crying on the phone, and I have to talk her through, well, well, let's zero back down to what that stressor was. Uh What was that trigger? Let's Mm -hmm. go back to that. And then once we narrow it down to that, okay, now let's get a game plan to remove that. Uh So instead of having this big picture of guilt and shame, let's go back to this beginning point. Mm -hmm. Identify it, remove it. Right. Um that that lady she uh, she's doing great now.
2: Good.
0: She's absolutely doing wonderful. Mm-hmm. She's married. She's got I mean her kids are doing wonderful. So but you you have to be willing in these circumstances. You have to be willing to walk through their pit of hell because that's what it is. Uh-huh. You have to be willing to climb down into their ditch because they fell off of life's highway and they're in the ditch. You have to be willing to climb down in there with them. And Love them where they're at mm-hmm. so that they see I wasn't thrown away. There are people that care, mm-hmm. and then it's like they start getting their self of worth back mm-hmm. and they start um, striving to survive again. Right? It's like once you see that turn and you see that in their eye, uh-huh. their fight's back, yeah, you know, and then they're on uphill, they're and
2: ready
0: they're, to face the world.
2: And they're not really any different than anyone else, Absolutely even if you're not. not in recovery, you still have slip ups in all sorts of areas Absolutely. of life, like with um, our health insurance. Uh, we have a health coach that'll call us Mm -hmm. about once a quarter, and they'll check in with us, like, how are you doing with your diet? How's your weight? How's your blood pressure? They'll ask you all these questions, and then then as you're talking through it in your lives, probably not eating as healthy as they need to. They're encouraging, (laughs) hey, you probably need to kind of scale that back or pick some healthier Mm -hmm. items you could eat. And um, during this whole uh, social isolation thing, uh, we've had a habit of picking up extra cookies from the grocery store. And when they're there and then you're at home all day, you're going to get into them because you're absolutely. bored and everything else. Right. So you've slipped up. Just like individuals in recovery, they've slipped up. Mm-hmm. So what can you do? Well, the next time you go to the store, don't buy the cookies. Right. Buy an apple. Buy some fruit. Buy something yeah. that's better for you. And then the next time when you're getting bored or whatever, you don't even have that resource to go to. Mm-hmm. You only have the healthy option.
0: Yeah, you have to discipline yourself also. You yeah. absolutely do. It's, you can't rely on someone else um, for your recovery,
2: right? Because yeah.
0: they're not inside your head with your emotions and every, and all the thoughts.
2: No. Like the health coach can't live with you every day. No. yeah,
0: yeah.
2: You got to make it on your own.
0: You you have to you have to span that out, bridge that out. Uh-huh. Um, but I think the biggest thing is we're not alone, even though we may feel like it. Right. We're not. Mm-hmm. We do have people we can reach out to. Mm-hmm. Um, we do have people that we can call, text. Um, there were a couple moms last week that they went through the drive through at, at one of the fast-food restaurants, and then they parked their cars, I think it was two or three spaces apart, so their kids could sit on the tailgates, but they can physically see each other. Uh-huh. The kids were like driving them nuts. So they're like, yes, we will go see them. But it's like once they saw them, they were good.
2: Uh-huh.
0: We all have that calming factor.
2: Definitely.
0: Uh, we just have to recognize who it is, what uh-huh. it is and then work through whatever the triggers are that's, that helps the stress amplify it mm-hmm. So in this time of isolation, the church is always there. What are different ways they could reach out if they wanted to um, just have some talks, counseling, anything like that? What's some ways they can reach out?
1: You mean the church reach out mm-hmm. to others or, or them if uh, they're needing reach in? Mm-hmm. Well, I think one of the ways is to, you know to contact you know people that you had put in different positions for celebrate recovery. Um, you know, we've gotten some different people have texted, us. people have called us on when we were doing a live stream of something to put a prayer concern or put mm-hmm. something in there. Um, you know, and I think, as always, you know, the, the, the accountability starts with, on both sides, someone saying, "Hey, I need prayer," and somebody else saying, "Well, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna pray about that." Right. Not just, not just a, hey, and because what they're praying for is for a way, for that person to find the way that they need, hmm. and and you know, so I think those are some ways, David.
2: Yeah, I think you, you kind of named most of like uh, Facebook text, call, email. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's all different ways you can reach out and let us know. Even if you can't even get the words out, write a letter. Send yeah. it to the church. We'll, we'll reach out to you. And, and certainly we begin with prayer, but we also begin trying to talk through what's going on, uh, why is it impacting you the way it's impacting you, and what are some steps that you can take to um, kind of
1: right the ship or go yeah. in a more positive direction? I think the, the, the other part is the further out we get with this, the more issues you're going to see and the reason being because people are losing jobs and and you've got other stuff uh, that are factors you know not just economy factors but i think it's like you said at what point do people go i'm just tired Mm -hmm. you know um and that's – so I think those are different ways that we can – and then hopefully before long we can be back together. Now, I still don't know what that looks like. I don't know what the limiting people are going to be. Mm-hmm. My hope would be with, you know, especially with recoveries and stuff, that maybe they could get some of them back, and they do limit. Maybe the meeting only has so many. You just may have to have more meetings. Yeah. I don't – you know, I don't know what that looks like. Yeah. So the biggest thing is when finding your, your unity –
0: First you need to do some self-evaluation. Where are you at physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually? Write it down. Take, mm-hmm. take daily notes, write it down. And when you see that it, there's a constant decline somewhere, that's when you definitely need to, uh, to stop waiting and reach out to someone. Definitely reach out, church website, the emails through the, the website, mm-hmm. phone calls, the, the Facebook page. see them all Mm -hmm. they will absolutely see them route them return them Mm -hmm. whatever needs to be done but you're not alone so just remember in today's society your support system is technically your heart ventilator your spiritual ventilator your physical mental emotional ventilator so You wouldn't want someone in the hospital to remove the ventilator, and we definitely don't want your physical, mental, emotional, spiritual ventilator removed either. So please reach out if there's anything we can do to help you. This video is, uh, again, it's called a solid support system. Would you like to pray us out?
2: Sure, let's pray. Gracious God, we pray during this time of social distancing and this time in which we are not able to be in close proximity with others that... Uh, You will help all of us, those in recovery and those uh, who may not be there yet, uh, just to know what those support uh, networks are for them. And if they haven't created one, to figure out ways in which they can connect with others. We know, God, that you are the first point of our support network. It is because of you and the Holy Spirit and Christ giving us love for us that we have community in the first place. And God, we just pray you'll help us uh, to maintain community, to reach out, to connect, to pray together, to love together, and just keep taking each step forward um, as we encourage and lift each other up. Bless us now for today we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. So just remember, be a blessing, speak life, put your faith feet into action to cause a ripple effect. Until we can get into the community to see the ripple effect, still keep, keep those faith feet moving. Much agape, everybody.